With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Discuss today, we have Joe Yurden joining us. Welcome, Joe, as you, again to the show. Um, we'll start with some pre-show stuff, and I want to get Joe's f- feedback on this because he's uh, on the Buffalo scene. I-, I find it rather hilarious, the news that came out uh, yesterday. Uh, Tim Graham in The Athletic wrote about this. Uh, Chris Brown, who is longtime a Bills reporter, worked for WGR, now working for the Bills website. He was suspended by the team for reporting on the team. And specifically, he uh, revealed what they were doing in terms of alignments in practice, like who's playing tackle, who's playing guard, what wide receiver is lining up inside or outside. This is apparently considered proprietary information from the Bills. They didn't want it getting out there. Chris Brown hosts a morning or hosts a show on WGR, the local radio station, and talked about it. I think it was with Steve Tasker and talked about the different alignments. Joe, that's what the show is for. If you can't yeah. talk about that, what the hell is the point of the friggin' show? Yeah, it's it seems really goofy. And it, it's to me, it, it smacks of the Bills and I guess the NFL by proxy, putting a head on a pike uh, to show that they mean business as far as keeping all of this information that is basic information uh, that fans want to know. Fans want to know about the competition in camp. They want to know where these guys are setting up. I mean, it's not its not like they're giving away secret plays or, you know, hitting no. plays or any of this kind of stuff. I mean, Chris works, he works for the Bills. You know, the, the radio show he's on is One Bills Live. That's the, <laughs> that's the team. The team pays for that airtime to have a radio show and he's the guy that that heads it up and it's this just is it's tone deaf and, it, and the bills are taking a lot of heat for it which they should yes um but it's the nfl and this and every team every city is having you know is having these same problems where you know there's parts of practice that you cannot tweet you cannot share information about like bills had a whole had a whole full intra squad practice today and or scrimmage and it was just you know people like scribbling down their own notes taking down their own stats trying to figure out you know who ran for what who threw you know how, how many yards josh allen threw for like what, what are we doing here like this is stupid to keep this all a big secret because this is the stuff the fans want to hear about the fans want to know about this and how guys are doing and if they can't handle the heat from the fans if guys aren't performing well or some guys are performing better than others that sh- yeah, that maybe should be better Oh my God! Like here's, here's a newsflash, though, Joe. If if this were a regular year and they were preseason, we would know in preseason anyhow what they're doing. They right. may not show us all the plays, but we would know where guys are playing and what they're playing and how they're playing. Like this is just nonsense. Yeah, it, it, I think it, Jan. I think it it's it talks as much about the NFL as it does about the Pagulas because there was an example. I think it was a year or two ago where John Murphy, who's the play by play announcer for the Bills. 
Uh, he he used to do, I think it was the same show, but uh, he did a show on GR where he commented on the Sabres firing Phil Housley and that they may have been too quick to pull the trigger, and he got suspended for criticizing the organization. It, it, the, the, the thin skin of the Pagulas is unbelievable. Well, I mean, Russ said what I was going to say, but but I'll, I'll add one more layer on it, right? Normally you'd have camps being open. You normally would have scrimmages sure. in those camps being well, open, which, some means, are, you, not. Some which means you'd have fans watching that and seeing what's going on anyway, right? So you're not revealing trade secrets here. Everybody's going to know this. Everybody's going to figure out what's going on here, right? There's This year is a little bit different in aberration because you don't have the fan base that's showing up to games. You don't have the preseason games. Maybe they think they'll have an advantage by doing it, but Look, if you want to keep interest in your team, just having puff pieces on in, on on players isn't going to do enough to keep fans interested. No, nobody's going to go to the website. This is the this is the nuts and bolts that people want to kind of know about, and it's not like you're revealing anything that's a major secret that's not going to be out there anyway. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, Joe, I don't I don't understand really understand what's proprietary information or not because when I go to a morning skate and you go to a morning skate, we put out the lines for the teams. Okay, that gives a little bit of insight to the other team of what the lines are, but they have people sitting in the stands anyway, so they're getting that information anyway. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and this is this is I think this is the the slippery slope that I think all of us worry about in media when it when it comes to you know everything being shut off. I mean, right. practices are basically no go zones for reporting right now because everything's in the bubble. There's hardly any reporters there in the first place. But you know, teams hate it when you know, when we're putting out the power play formations and how they're setting up things in front and how they're doing that because it gets dissected. It gets dissected by us. Gets dissected by fans, especially if it's not going well. We know all about that in Buffalo here, obviously, because you know the you know you have guys like you have on the power play here. They should probably score more often than they do, and when they don't, it you could tell on, on Ralph Kruger's face all season that it was just like. Yeah, I know. Special teams are an easy thing to pick on. Yeah, they are when they're bad. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, <laughs> make what's bad. I think what's bad here is I think the NFL thinks they're a league that could just create their own PR and fans should just go with that, where every other sport doesn't believe that. And they know. And look, I mean, as an example, we all look at the NBA like an, an invincible thing. Their their viewership is down like 40 percent from like a couple of years ago on television. They may have more corporate support than like the NHL and some of the other and MLB, but their viewership's down. You want to have your viewership down? Try and get everybody just to go to buffalobills.com and nowhere else. They won't go. People want better information than that. They're smarter than that. Yeah, and if you if you want to limit it, limit fans' access to knowledge to just be show up on game day, watch the game on game day, and you'll right. be happy there. It doesn't work like that, especially no. if you have a bad team. You know, if, if yeah. the team's bad, you can only you can only limit the, the the bad discussion about that team to so much before things really blow up in your face. And I mean, we've seen that happen in Buffalo before. I mean, you know, you miss the Bills miss the playoffs for eighteen years. It's, just, it's a shock that they let the media in at all. <laughs> to, to well, I'll tell you what's going to happen, Joe. If this continues, they'll probably end up having players doing their own thing on Instagram, and you'll see how that works out with the NFL. That's not going to be fun either. But that's what's going to happen because if they're going to limit information and stuff, these guys are going to just start telling it like it is on Instagram after a game. Well, we've started seeing that already with with guys sounding off on Twitter and, and yep. Instagram too. I mean, I just think of like Michael Thomas in New Orleans who's a brilliant wide receiver, and he's really good, and he lets people know when he's not happy. And, yeah. You know, and – Sometimes they get that prima donna label slapped on them. No, like 
when you're that good and you can talk the talk and you can direct how the team's gonna gonna do things, yeah, speak up, let it be said. All right, let's get started here. Um, got lots to discuss, and obviously, off the top, we'll discuss uh, the events of yesterday throughout the world of sports. Hello, hockey world. Today is Thursday, August twenty seventh, twenty twenty. I'm Jan Levine. Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Eklund will be joining us in a few minutes, and we are joined by Joe Yurden, a longtime NHL reporter, uh, covers the Sabres and everybody and everybody else. Um, and there's Ak right now on, on cue. Uh, Ak, we just did the intro, so we're starting. guys, guys. No, don't worry about it. We'll just go right into the big story uh, and get, you know, get going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry about that. So, um Anyway, um, and I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in the comings and goings in the hockey world. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the big story is obviously what the NHL should do next, you know, um, with the situation that's going on right now in the world. And, um, you know, I wrote my feelings today. You know, that, they, that, you know, I, I do believe that they should – that they're probably – it probably is merited to, to postpone a night. Uh, it probably was merited to postpone last night. But they didn't. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it'd be wrong to do that tonight. Still, uh, I still think that would be a good. I think that would be a good call. I don't. You know. I don't. I think the, obviously the NBA has come out and said they're not going to cancel the season. I don't think they're canceling seasons. They're anymore. not. They're just postponing it. They're going to re, re resume right. again. Right. When. Right. Well, I, mean, I think the NBA and the NBA is. You know, the NHL would look. Would look. It would it would be a good show of solidarity and and it's important and it's you know like I like I wrote about in my blog today you know this 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 is an incredible thing for this whole thing has been like the NHL has hit this out of the park right this whole event this whole thing has been phenomenal and to me it's been an incredible escape you know which is what we all needed from coronavirus like from you know we needed escape but we we shouldn't be we shouldn't be escaping from this situation that's going on you know and uh, this isn't political i don't want to get political i hate the whole i hate the fact that politicians are you know are using this to like you know, back, to get votes it's not political this is systematic this goes way beyond politics this has been going on you know this kind of stuff's been going on for before there was the united states of america so let's not like pretend that this is like a political issue it's not well let's 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 get joe's thoughts on it first and i'll yeah. chime in Go ahead, joe well i think this What's been remarkable is is the outpouring of how, how bad of a show this was from the NHL last night, and we're seeing even more of it today with Alain yeah. Vigneault know, saying like I don't I don't know what's going on outside these doors. And that's can't yeah. If that is the case, man, open up a website, read read something, read a newspaper, yeah. anything, like figure yeah. it out, like get get educated. You can't just stick your head in the sand and. And ignore all this stuff and just just pretend it's not happening, right? Um, and in the NHL's case, you know, I know everybody's saying like, well, you know, we were in our preparations for the games, you know, we weren't sure what we were going to do yet, but you know, Colorado and Dallas could have just said, no, not tonight, we're not doing it tonight. Yeah, you know, yeah. Th- these are these are situations where you know the players are getting a rapid education in this because it's it's yeah, not yeah. it's not fault, you know, let's let's not cover this up and say. You know these guys know exactly where, right, where right. this is coming from. They don't grow up in this at right, all. Right. Well, wealthy, you know, entitled, everything about everything about that is just that's not the life they've grown up in. So they don't. A lot of them don't understand that. Um, and right. getting educated on it takes time. And there are some guys that have taken the time out to, to read. You know, you know whether it's Dickinson in Dallas or it's Leonard 
or yeah. you know it's Ryan Reeves having to you know to, to shoulder a lot of this. Matt Dumba before Minnesota was bounced out is doing it. He's even still doing it now. Yeah, but you can't just rely on the same you know three, four, five guys to keep teaching the lesson over and over again. At some point, your teammates and and guys from the past and guys in the future they got to get educated. Yeah, they did. I I think the optics of this situation would be worse if the NHL tonight canceled games because it would look at like they're playing lip service. Like there's like they've been shamed into, Oh, you got to postpone because you didn't postpone yesterday. The NBA postponed major league baseball did the WNBA. And you are, you were the last, the last one who didn't do anything. So now we're going to guilt you into postponing. Not if they can, not if they do it the right way. I don't think. Well, I think that that would be the appearance. I mean, this, this is the thing. I mean, the, Incident in Minnesota with George Floyd, the incident in Kenosha with uh, J- Jacob Blake, I think I believe his name was, are horrendous. Nobody, nobody can say otherwise. They're disgusting. They're they're emblematic of a societal problem. Where I wonder is what can sports not hockey, not basketball, not baseball, but sports in general have in terms of an effect on this. They can draw attention to it, which obviously the NBA uh, shutdown of games, what Major League Baseball did, did draw attention to it. But, you know, I I don't know, maybe I'm more aware of what's going on in the news. I knew what was going on in Kenosha before that. Yeah, I can give you a good example. Just I'll go with what hits me personally. So, um you know, growing up, I always saw anti-Semitism and said, you know, yeah. at times it was really bad in my life. There were just people who just hated me because my last name was Cohen or I wore a high or they just knew that. Right. And yesterday, like when Dominic Smith, he's a ball player for the Mets, did a kneel before the Met game. None of his teammates joined him. So after the game, when he was talking about it, he was crying. And yeah. and there are times when, you know, I have cried over that subject now. We've seen, you know, Jews get killed in, in a Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'm not saying it's as bad as, as what's going on with this, but I'm just saying from my own personal experience, if you don't feel like people are willing to be behind you and say, yeah, we're with you, just that feeling, because, like, it could be a pretty empty feeling for a lot of people. And, yeah, eventually you have to get around to lobbying and getting to lawmakers to do something. Right. But on, on a grassroots level – if you don't feel like people are behind you, it's easy to say, yeah, I'm for social justice. Of course right. I am. But if you don't ever do anything for it, if you don't ever talk about it, if you don't ever donate for those causes, it's really just lip service. And you see, I want to get Jan's being too. Let me say this one thing before, and then Jan, I'd like you to speak on it, because I want to follow up on something you said, Russ, there, which I think is important. Um, to me, the difference between like the, when, when I was born in 1968, which was a very turbulent year, um, as Mike, you know, history major will tell us, um, it was, you know, that was a, and there were race, huge race riots with, at the point at the time I was being born. Like it was, um, there were, you know, the biggest race riots since what we've seen recently, um, you know, were happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difference between that and this is astonishing. You know, I talked to my mom about this, you know, cause obviously, you know, she was 20, she was 21 when I was born. And, and the difference is that, you know, those were race riots. These are riots against racism. Um, she's like, and that's a huge difference where you have, cause here he said back then, she said, we all sat on the sideline and watched, you know, we knew that it was wrong. what was happening, but we just sat there and watched where now people who aren't, you know, African-American or black or, or, you know, are also are joining hands with everybody else in these, in these situations. That's a, that's a huge difference. And that's the difference. I think the NHL 
and the NBA and things like that make here. That it's not that we're showing that it's not just a group of people fighting for their rights. It's it's these other people also saying where we have your backs. And like like Russ just said there, I think that that's what makes this time of history different, and what makes what's what's important about this. Jan, your thoughts? Okay. So I mean, as Russ knows, I've probably probably experienced the same. I mean, part yeah. of the reason. And full disclosure, why I wear a baseball cap every day I went to work is post 9-11. I'm one of those who wore yarmulke to work every day. And there was enough comments that the Jews were blamed for 9-11 yeah. and enough chatter that I felt safer by wearing a baseball cap than just wearing my yarmulke. And I've continued wearing it. Now, granted, I've probably gone overboard and have 100-something hats to change. But <laughs> that was kind of as a response to that, right? So the point... The whole point of this, right, so the Dominic Smith, right, so Michael Conforto spoke about it yesterday and said he probably should have been arm and arm. But the point of this conference was, you know, people talk about him doing stuff to, to remediate situation. Well, Dominic Smith is one of those who is, right? He has a foundation. He's doing a lot. There are a lot of people who do sports. The right. whole point of the conversation is to raise awareness. It's yeah. to raise public awareness associated with this. Now, now, granted, look, on both sides of the equation, I know a lot of the pushback on Kenosha was he, he disobeyed the cops. And there's no question that he did. But that also doesn't mean that you shoot him seven times in the back. There are other mediums and mechanisms to deal with the situation and finding that balance. And I've tried to teach my kids, right? There are good cops and there are bad cops. That doesn't mean you paint everybody with the same brush. That doesn't mean you paint everybody, right? You treat everybody equally and fairly, regardless of the skin, their creed, their color, their race, their everything. Part of the whole point of this is that, unfortunately, that the color of somebody's skin still has a tendency to change your perception or your view of that individual and how it manifests itself and how you treat it. And the goal I believe is to, is what they're trying to do is to raise the awareness is that they should be equal and there should be equal rights for everybody, regardless the NBA did it. And that, in that league, the players have a ton of power, right? And it's been, and it's been the case since day one, partly is, is there a large propensity of black individuals within that league so they can drive some of the power. What I was most impressed by MLB, you know, you hear some of the comments that Mookie Betts said, you know, Clayton Kershaw has done a ton of work, said, look, whatever Mookie wants, we're going to go ahead and do. The Brewers came out yesterday, the Reds, the Giants, the Dodgers. There's a lot of teams right. that have come out. You know, they asked Luis Rojas afterwards. He said, look, we found out, you know, as this was going on, it was when we were warming up. Granted, maybe they should have not played yesterday. The NHL, in my opinion, probably dropped the ball in a couple of aspects. One, yeah. having a moment of silence on the East Eastern games, but not on the Western games, shows yeah. you're inconsistent in your right. message right. in terms of how you're showing it. B, if you're going to show solidarity and you view it, look, Gary Bettman came from the NBA. That's where he got his start. If right. you're going to show solidarity, then you probably should follow along what, what the NBA did, even though, granted, look, Matt Dumb, there's only a handful, Matt Dumb and a couple of others who are black yeah. individuals who are in the league to show in terms of showing that solidarity. But right. the message that came out, you read some of the stuff what Barry Trotz said, right? And that we need to be a messenger for change. We need to be the people that focus in terms of how we handle this. Look, yeah. I understand the disagreement. Unfortunately, as you wrote, this is going to be political. There is no way this is yeah. not going to be political. You can talk to your blue in the face. It's going to be political. I know, I know, I understand that. Way, that's where we are as a country right now. Be it right or be it wrong, it doesn't matter, unfortunately, who's in office. This is where we are as a country. Hopefully we get to a better place. Hopefully we get to communication between the both sides yeah. to try to find a medium for change. Because right now we're clearly trending in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. everything everything is polarized. And that, no, it is polarized, and that, and and then people are. But to me, that the, the politicians are 
using this to further do that and that to me is like an astonishing thing that you know that you would that you would take something horrible like this election director gonna try yeah, and I believe me i know and, and, and my kids have marched i have gone marched them my wife is very big in this I mean, yeah, yeah i know you have point is, is you know our town unfortunately was a trending topic adversely yeah, yeah based upon the way we treated some stuff when we did some of the marches a while ago and uh, and look, Batman, you know, Batman also deals with his anti-Semitism. I've talked to him about it. You know, like um, he's he's very he's very aware of it. It, it. It's something that hits him hard. He's gotten tons of. I mean, I, I'm married to a Jewish woman. My kids are Jewish. Um, I'm not Jewish, but I get I get anti-Semitic emails all the freaking time, sure. and it's unbelievable. And it's just like it's astonishing to me that this and it this all exists out there. There are there are bad people out there. They're not the majority of people, but there are there are bad people out there, and. What this does yesterday by them not playing is to every it makes everybody who maybe you weren't paying attention to this maybe you were working their balls, balls off all day at a job or something like that and you come home and you're like why is the game not on right yeah. I mean because and because there are people who don't have the time to sit back and listen to all to listen to the news all day or whatever or whatever you know and they come home and then by them not playing then they have to do some research and by them doing the research that's that's where the awareness that's where the benefit comes. The one thing I don't agree with, and and Cameron says in the, in the chat room too, is that the NHL dropped the ball. I do agree the NHL dropped the ball yesterday. I don't I, that's not. But I don't agree that you can't admit you were wrong and fix it. Like I think that we live in a live, we live in a society where they could say, "Listen, you know what? We really dropped the ball." If I'm if I'm Batman, I come out and say, "We should have been. We should have done this yesterday. We're doing it today. We're sorry we didn't do it yesterday. We really dropped the ball. We need to be more aware." That could, them fessing up to that and actually changing things. I think is all is what they need to do. That's what they absolutely need to do. And I think that I think people will respect that. I don't think anyone's going to sit there and say, "Oh, the optics aren't good" or whatever. They're going to sit there and say, "Oh, the NHL." because all of this, a lot of this, is about admitting that you don't quite get it right away. Joe, there there were there were indications from some of the reporting that I saw that the players were the players were consulted. The players decided that they wanted to play, and there were some complaints that the NHL didn't show any kind of leadership in terms of saying no that they shouldn't play. But honestly, it's like the NBA, the players they took they took the lead. They said we're going to not play. The NHL did the same thing, and their rank and file said we're going to play. You know, maybe it's a wrong decision, but I think the NHL had to respect what their players wanted to do. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that too. But there, I, I think something that's frustrating with the NHL, and I think there's a lot of the frustration from from fans, is that they want the NHL to take the initiative on a lot of these things right, and, and right. To, to take the lead instead of reacting to, to, to see how other leagues do it. We right. kind of saw it at the beginning of the of the playoff with you know with how they handled the Black Lives Matter yeah. um, stuff at the start of the playoffs and you know putting up banners and, and doing moments of silence and you know and. and you know, having guys kneel and, and doing things like that. Um, but that, that came as sort of reactionary, but, uh, but it came from some of the players too, you know, seeing sure. Sagan do that seeing Leonard and those guys do that. Like that's, that's the initiative that guys have to take. But, um, you know, unfortunately the mindset in hockey is just, it's so all for one and one for all of that. You don't want to stir things up. You don't want to, you don't want to be the center of attention. You don't want to do any of that stuff. No, and that's where right. things really fail here because guys that have strong opinions on this, and there are players that do, they have to take the lead. They have to take the initiative. And if guys in the room want to fight with them about it, well, that's more telling about the problems with those guys than it is anything else. I just, you know, Joe, the one thing I <clears throat> thought about was besides the league, like we're never going to hear from the owners, right? Cause we, they, we hear it through the league. So forget about hearing about from the owners, but these players have a lot of free time in the bubble. 
and they could be meeting like NBA players and they could be trying to mobilize and they could be trying to get a better message and they could be trying to do all of this and they're not. And, and that's something that's on them. I get it that there's not that many black players in hockey, but for the ones that there are, they do want to feel like they're supported and just, you know, being a teammate is not enough support anymore. It's yeah. Came out yesterday pretty vociferously in terms of saying what the conversations are like in the avalanche locker room, right? That, "Quote unquote," he said, "It's like a high bar." I think is what he said in terms of the conversations that are having, and he's been he's been rather vociferous in his views associated with this in terms of believing that they potentially should have shut down. It seems to be the theme that he's saying. Now, granted, I don't think he's individualistic in that, but as Joe said, right, hockey in general has been a collective view mm-hmm. in terms of how how they how they've been, I won't say perceived, but how they portrayed themselves, right, as being the working class guys coming from probably from the stems from when how hockey started in terms of the type of players that were in the league. And granted, you know, Landeskog, I'm not sure you guys would know better if he's an American citizen now or not and if he has the ability to vote or not. But he's been rather rather strong in terms of viewpoints. And I have a feeling that his view is probably shared by lots of others. But as Joe said, it's probably not publicly stated because that's just not the nature of what hockey guys are. Right. So they are becoming more and more like that in terms of making sure their views are known out there. Yeah, there for every thing with the, among among hockey players, um, and you know, you guys, we've covered them, and you know, Kevin, if Kevin was on here, he would he would say the same thing. Hockey players tend to be um, fiscally Republican, uh, socially Democratic. That, and and they and there's a lot. There a lot of them are Republican. A lot of them vote Republican. And well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, for every Landis guy, you may have a Logan Couture. Yeah, but I'm no. But I would say, you know, like Kevin, we had this discussion one time with Kevin. I said, well, a lot of them are Canadians. Kind of surprising. Kevin's like, no, he, Kevin thinks that more of them. He's like, he's like, he said, I would say about seventy percent of them are Republicans. Now, that's not that they're Trump Republicans, but they're Republicans in what they vote and in, in how they vote for certain things. You know, but they are fiscally, I mean, you know, socially different. You know, more in the mid, more you know, I don't know, libertarian or whatever you want to call it. But I think that the whole thing of it, I mean, I don't want to get political, but the reality is, like you said, it is political, Dan. You can't get away from that, um, especially when all this is happening. You know, when a Republican convention is going on, that looks like it's pretending that none of this is happening. So they, the 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 whole thing, it just. But we get. But I want to keep it here, you know, for our purposes on hockey, um, because it's easy to not go there, and I and I think. Right. We'd all want to not go there in some ways, but that would be another thing. And, and people come to us to talk about hockey and escape as well. Unfortunately, this is the story today that we have to talk about. You know, and I'm getting a lot. I'm getting a lot of like texts and things like, that. oh, you know, you said you never talk about this. This is unfortunately this is this is reality right now. Yeah, but we're we're not going to devote the entire show. No, to we're it. not going to devote the entire show. To it. We're going to move on. We have a lot of great hockey to talk about. Just, sure. just 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 to just to let you know, Evander Kane tweeted out. Uh, um, something that we at the official Hockey Diversity Alliance have formally requested the NHL suspend all playoff games today. We strongly feel this sends a clear message that human rights take priority over sports. And I know Jan put something in our private uh, chat that there's some talk that they they will postpone tonight's two games. I think that's, yet, that's yet to be seen, but I don't know. See, to me, I think the NHL is going to get criticism one way or the other from this. In this instance, they're going to say, well, they relate to the party. Who cares? But, well, I'm just saying I think that, that you know. They're going to say that. But like, I read in the chat, like when, you, when you're saying you're sorry, you can't care about how it looks. You know, like that's something you can't. That's not part of apologizing, right? Like, I'm just saying. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, does that make sense, Mike? I mean, to you, like, I mean, to me, I don't know. Go you your thought, Mike. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, I'm done. Let's, let's I mean, I just don't think you can. I don't think you can care about 
how you well, look. I think, and saying I, you're sorry, and I think saying you're sorry and making it right is better than just ignoring it and not looking bad, like you know, not and whatever. I think that ignoring it would be the worst thing they could do, and I don't think they're going to. I, I would, I would bet money on this that they don't have a game tonight. Just you know, and, and say and and say something like you know, we were probably we probably should have done this yesterday, and that you know, and just leave it there. You know, don't don't make excuses as the games are starting already or things are happening or whatever. Just 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 say what you say say the reality is. You know that that's. You know, I mean, we all, but let's let's get on past that. I wouldn't be shocked if we have some news. Even I was talking to a source right before I got why I was late, um, who was saying that he thinks that we could have an announcement imminently. So I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something within the next little bit here. All right, that we are playing tonight. Okay, let, let, let's let's start with the the early, okay. the early game from yesterday. All right, yeah, let's get on to the games. Okay, so yesterday, first of all, I'm going to gloat. You know, I got to gloat. <laughs> and I know Mike loves when the line four three overtime win on a puck that goes off the goes off the Trust forward me, and does I'll a, a hop. Wait a second. We got to tell everybody what we're talking about before we get into this. Okay, so okay. this is what I was doing. Okay, so a couple days ago I made this statement clearly based on statistics and absolutely truth that when teams are blown away in a playoff series, um, they tend to uh, actually come back and win that playoff series more than they don't, and often, very very often, win the next game. So. I said I would. I said I would bet your house on Vancouver and Philly in the next game. This is before either team, either of those teams played. You know, um, and you know Vancouver. We saw what happened. Philly, yeah, it was looking that way. And Jan, of course, the other thing I will tell you, Jan, flat out, is that whenever I whenever I tweet about some, whenever I text you guys, or Mike knows this more than anyone, whenever I text something in the middle of the game, I told you the Flyers are going to win. You can guarantee that I'm going to screw things up because that's because yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I do that when it's three nothing. Like I've done, I did that with, uh, with with Toronto in a rather famous. Yeah, don't don't remind me. So um, the worst the worst lead in hockey is three nothing, as we know. It really is, and or, or Toronto Toronto four one. And the Flyers yeah, getting difference. But what I want to ask you is, the Flyers got the three nothing, and everybody was saying, "Oh, they got their act together. They got their act together." I don't think they did. No, and I don't I, think they fully did either. I think they had a couple of good plays, and I think they um, they got some help with the opposing goaltending, and as as a result, they pulled Varlamov because he was off almost right from the bat. What a brilliant um, move. I think it was a combination of those two things. But then what you saw was as the game went on, and this is going to be the problem for the Flyers in the series. Even though I picked the Flyers in seven, the Islanders' will as a team is greater than the Flyers' will. And that's what we saw yesterday. And that is the biggest thing they're going to have to combat in this series, the Flyers. their Their forwards are quicker than they play. They play quicker than the Flyers' defense plays. And that's that's you can see that coming up um, all the time. I agree with you completely. And uh, to me, that game was uh, that goal by Hayes, the first goal of the game, was just that was in that was the Flyers' season right there that that he scored that goal. Because before that, the Islanders are just if the Islanders get a quick goal there and dominate, um, and that then then this game this whole series could be over in four or five. I think the fact that Hayes gets that goal, which was a hell of a shot. Um, but you know that was the first shot they had, and the only shot they had for a while. Was hey, just- I do want to answer this guy Kyle in the chat room. Eck. He said, yeah. "I wonder if Russ will put his money where his mouth is instead of laughing at Eck." I don't bet on hockey games, but thanks. No, I know, and he doesn't really laugh at me that much anyway. Um, no, that's my job. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe, what did you, what did you think yeah. of that game? Uh, the thing that, that that strikes me about the game is that I'm the fact that the Isles came back, and that is, is not surprising. Uh, I mean. I think if you get up, I think if the I think if Philly gets up like four or five nothing in that first period, and you know they can punt away the next two periods and not have to worry about it. But Russ makes a really good point. The will of the Islanders is 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 much stronger. I mean that comes from trots. Yeah. But I look at how that team is set up, 
And they're set up so that they've got three lines that will wear out the opposing three lines no matter what. And then you throw Barzal's line out, and they can skate past everybody. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the right. biggest problem that the Flyers and, and whoever they have to deal with the next round, Tampa or Boston, you know, yeah. way, they're going to have a hard time having to deal with that. Because that, because it's it, it's the system, it's the mentality, and it's the way that they play. They just they do not relent, and I think that's 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 a perfect, perfectly made. And I can't say perfectly made playoff team, but like that's a team that's made the way they play to have a lot of success in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, especially against certain kinds of teams, and um, yeah. and there's a lot of those teams are teams that are in the playoffs. Like they are, you're right about that. You know, like the playoffs. I've always said like are won by counterattack teams, you know, like it's bizarre. It's always the case though, right? It's like the, you know, and the, that's what, that's what the, the Islanders way is they are so much like the, the devil's teams that from the past. It's just ridiculous, you know, of that thing that they're going to come at you like they are down a goal for the first 10 minutes of the game, like just pouring it on. Like there's no tomorrow, like they've got to tie it up or whatever, just to get that lead that they can sit on. You know? But I think once it was three, one, we all knew they were coming back. Oh yeah. No, there was no question. When they that they were gonna, especially when they were that they were going to tie it, Russ too. Like, yes, you're sitting there and you're. I'm I'm sitting there with my son and I'm like, damn it. I'm like, I, I texted those guys earlier that I, you know the, I picked the Flyers and I can tell you, there's no way they're going to survive this. There's no way they're not going to give up a goal here and get it tied. It was unbelievable. It was. Well, so- I mean, it was the, it was it was that uh, in that Swiss na- Swiss national goalie that was in there for the <laughs> overtime winner that uh, that really killed them. Well, Thomas Thomas Grace, you know, like the, we have, you know, the great Thomas Grace. I mean, he did play okay up to that point. He did. Yeah, and he had a shot on the puck that bounced off the ice that went past him. Clearly, it's his fault. He'll I be mean, the backup in brilliant move to put in Mr. Grace. I'll say that. Who, who probably should start today if they play? I wouldn't start. No, today. you can't do that. Uh, I think off looks so bad. Look, it I, doesn't I, matter. I you still have to go. Oh, he's coming up with a record-setting shutout streak. Come I on, know. you know, like give him a break. But again, Grace righted the ship yesterday. It is back to back. Like I could see them going with Varlamov because he only played part of the first period yesterday. Yeah. But Grice played exceedingly well yesterday, kind of calming things down, getting them, allowing them to get back in the game to even make it to overtime. Well, here, here here's the thing that could be affected by if if, if the games are postponed. You know, uh, I'm not sure if it was Anthony Russ or, or, or Bill Meltzer who was talking about the possibility of of them starting Brian Elliott. Well, it, it was Anthony. I brought it up on Sirius because I yeah. said if the defense is going to continue to break down in front of Carter Hart, then they're not going to have a choice but to put Elliott in there because he's the goalie that could actually deal with that. That's his specialty. And, you know, going on back-to-back, I would not be shocked if they play that that's exactly what happens because, again, too much is breaking down in front of Carter Hart, way too right. much. Now, Joe, if they postpone, then they'd probably go to Carter Hart if they delay, right. the, if delay the game to the next day. Yeah, I, that gives that gives Hart a little bit, a little bit extra time to breathe, a little bit of extra time to focus, and kind of just put that the the way that game uh, played out towards the end out of his mind. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, he's a kid still. I mean, yeah, you can throw a kid out there every day if you want to, but I mean, this we're getting into the the depths of the playoffs now, and yeah. it's a lot to handle. It's it's a lot different from playing World Juniors. It's a lot different from playing you know Memorial Cup type games, and uh, the, the, this pressure. I mean, even though the fan he's probably in the, probably the best situation for him that there's no fans it really is uh, in the stands so he can just relax and one, just, and, and one last thing so true we you never want to see your video coach cost you a hockey game but that is almost what happened oh, with the yesterday because now again we don't know what view they're looking at but at some point you have to even though you're looking at it quickly you have to realize 
boy, this is not 100%. I saw at home it was not 100%. But I couldn't believe that with a tie game, they would not only get risk doing that, but giving a potential win on the on the power play for the Islanders. Luckily, it didn't work out that and way. And if the Islanders oh, on that power play. Oh, yeah. The, the, here's, and here's the thing that I wonder, and I didn't, get, I didn't get a chance to ask the question in the press conference, but here's the thing that I really wonder. Keith Jones is sitting there saying, all he's got to do is touch the blue line when he gets back. All he's got to do is touch the blue line. Did you think that that was the rule? Like I, I mean, I'm thinking. Yeah, actually, nowadays, yeah. Yeah, but it's, but it's not. A, I and I know. I mean, the more I thought about, it, like, yeah, that's true. They did change that a little while ago, right? From like, but, but I wonder. You've got the Terrian, you've got, you know, Vino. You've got. I'm no. I'm not just saying it was Terrian's fault. It was, <laughs> no, it was. You're, you're, you're gonna angle it there, though. Don't like Terrian, but that's okay. But you've got Terrian and Vino, two older guys looking at this thing, right? And, and I'm a video there. coach. And, and, a video, and a video coach who is, I'm not sure what his age is, but whatever. Are you Mike sure, is the Antichrist. Are you sure that they thought, that they knew that he just has to touch the blue line? I'm really curious because. I would say of the collective group, somebody had to know. I don't know that. Like, we always assume that, right? This isn't like, Donovan McNabb not knowing the rules. No, that's always had to know. But I've, I've been amazed that in hockey, and I, I know we've all probably asked questions sometimes. I've been amazed at the things that they don't know sometimes. That, well, I like, think the reason – I will tell you this. I think the reason they know is the whole skate in the air thing. I think that's why they know because that was the whole maybe. start of that nasty – It was, but I don't know. I just – I felt like to me, I'm like, do they – as, as Jones is saying that, I'm like, but do they know that? Because they were so confident the way they were doing it. And it was so obvious that it, his, his skate had touched the line. So did they know this? Yes. I mean, Answer I yes. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I, I I can't imagine a video coach just saying, "Yeah, screw it, let's do it." And that's right. Like right. That, that's right. that to me is a is a okay. You got away with it that time, but we're going to discuss this when the season's over. We're going to have a very long talk about this to see if that was actually the case. Um, it's it's unfortunate nobody nobody asked about it after the game. Uh, to, to find out what the thought was, but I'm sure that right. they were they were relieved to get a win and just be like, hey, we don't have to worry about that now. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I don't think unless you're 100 percent confident, you go with that. And yeah, but you you look if the goal gets overturned, right? You're up. You're still up a goal with two plus minutes to go, and I, I can understand the rationale for making the attempt. Right? It's I don't think it was crystal clear in the angles we saw initially. Based upon what was showing, it wasn't crystal clear either until later on. Even then, still not sure it was really crystal clear, but it was not enough to overturn. So I can understand the rationale for making the attempt because if you do somehow lucky enough get it overturned, you still got your one goal lead. Now we don't we don't we don't have to spend a lot of time on this game because it wasn't really a, a close contest and it was pretty. Okay, one more thing, Mike. I'm sorry. I have one more thing in my nose. I apologize. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to bring up the. What's happening? The, I mean, for all the fly, the Flyers are in trouble in this series. And I picked them to lose in six, and I still think they're in trouble in this series. I really think that this the next game is. Actually, yeah, this wasn't a win to feel great about. No, no, it wasn't at all. I mean, and you know, but the one thing you have to say is the Flyers' top four young defense of Provorov, Sanheim, and Myers is probably about as good as any top three young defense in the league. Like that, yeah, those, I'm not going there yet. I, 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 I have moments. But I'm telling you, there's other moments like Myers was getting out physical at times because of angles that the uh, the, the uh, Islanders guys were taking. I can't remember who it was, 
but they leaned on Myers the right way using leverage, and he was completely useless on a play that was an important play. Okay. They do have moments. I am not ready to go there yet, though. Okay. I think they will be, though. Yeah, and I, I, they, they, yeah, maybe that's what I'm saying. I mean, there is no question. I mean, there are some moments when they look fantastic, and you wonder, like, who's better, like Myers or Sandheim? They're both so good. Sandheim's still better. Sandheim. I think Sandheim's better, but I'm not 100% sh- so sure about that sometimes. Like, okay. sometimes they're different, which is nice. I mean, they, they, are different. they complement each other, so it's really hard to compare them one way or the other. But all right, Mikey, let's go on to the next game. Right. Yeah, so, um, I mean, the anticipated game three between the Bruins and the uh, Lightning was not very anticipated after about, oh, I'd say 12 minutes, 13 minutes in yeah. the first period. Uh, it ended up 7-1. Uh, it was pretty one-sided. Now, the thing was, Boston actually got an offside, uh, got a break on the that one offside. Was that, wait, was that game two or was that game? No, that was yesterday. That they that they I had. don't remember if it was yesterday now. Okay, I'm, I may I'm confusing it, but but yeah. all, all I know is that, that Tampa really no no that was game two. This game yeah. was the was the linesman getting in the way of Yanni Gord, right. which Joe you know I haven't seen that many times. But in a playoff game, in a one nothing game, when you're a linesman and you have an opportunity to skate into the corner, and instead you skate in between a defenseman and the forward and and do a pick play. Basically, that I think the Bruins were done at that point. Yeah, I don't know if they were done, but that's so frustrating to have to have that happen. I mean, it's a freak play. It's a it's a reaction from the linesman. You know, so much of the being a linesman should be muscle memory kind of stuff. Yeah, you should know to get to the wall instead of like jumping out. uh, You know, into the play. But uh, sometimes, if you're if you're like your inner radars tells you that the, you know there's guys along the wall, and you're just gonna say, "Well, it's easier for me to get out this way." That's where all the play is happening, you know. Like that's right. that's that's not I. I mean, that's right. a goof up. But I mean, if that's that's costing Boston the game, yeah, yeah. yeah. If they're yeah, the only analysis I have for this game is, and I know everybody wants to blame Halak, and at the end of the day, yeah, would their goalie situation be better if they had Rask? Sure, but what if Rask were injured? We'd be still in the same boat. So yeah. I don't I don't yeah, put I mean, it on I don't put it on Rask. What I put it on is at the end of the last game, the Bruins legs were dead in overtime. And you know what? They were dead to start that game too. Tampa looked like they started that game on rocket fuel. And the Bruins look like turtles out there; they could barely move. And yeah, they, and, killing them. And they threw they threw Daniel Vladar to the wolves. I mean, that oh yeah. Was, I mean, that was just he was a sacrificial lamb, basically. And but that's I, fine. I mean, that's part of the job. But I'm yeah. just saying they couldn't move. They couldn't match Tampa. And I and I did say, and you know, I I think Tampa is figuring Boston out. I do, and yeah. I think that game is more reason to show that. And I think Boston now has to figure them out a little or they're in trouble. Yeah, Davy Jones says, according to X3, the Bruins are likely to win the series now. <laughs> it's not a theory, guys. It's like it's 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 20 years of, of, of a team winning by more than five goals in a playoff series. That team loses 30% of the time. And that's a, it's a ridiculous thing. But I, I mean, I'm just saying, and I'm not – I don't think that will happen. I mean, I think I think that Tampa's going to win this series. I'm still sticking by that, but – but I'll tell you, according to my theory, yeah, this 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 doesn't go well for the Bruins. So according to not my theory, but according to the last twenty years of stats or whatever. Well, yeah. like the way the way Halak handled uh, the 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 game at the end of game two, that wouldn't instill a lot of confidence in me. The fact that anybody right. was even kind of teasing the idea of oh, do you even start Halak in game three I mean, is crazy, considering 
He had his backup had zero yeah. NHL experience. Yeah, right. I mean, it kind of tells you where the where the mindset and the and the faith is in him to, to to keep it going. And once he got pulled from Game Three, the rest of the team just said, "Forget it. Let's let's wait for Game 4. And I, to me, that's really unfair to Danny Vladar because yeah. you know what's he trying? What's he doing? He's getting his first taste of NHL action right now. in the freaking playoffs. And he has that's a lot of doing. The Bruins thing to do. It's like the Bruins literally are playing like you know, like if they were playing ping pong, they're down by like. 20, you're down by, they're down like, you know, 15 to nothing. They're just going to throw the game and whatever. We'll worry about the next game. It takes too much energy to get back in this thing. They weren't totally throwing it, though, because they were still some dirty shots on both sides like we thought. And, you know, we saw McAvoy take a run after a dirty shot, which was right for him to do. There was still some of that. But at the end of the day, I do think Cooper is, is doing the better coaching job here. And, and bringing in Coburn, that was a big thing. Because you know what? Yeah forget how good Brayden Coburn is at tying guys up. He may not be fast anymore, and he may not, but you know what? He knows how to tie guys up. He is smart. And he's he has long reach. We forget about that. Yeah, I mean, his game, you know, his, his issues have said before, they're, they're always when he outthinks himself sometimes. Um, yeah. But, you know, if he just plays instinctually, his instincts are really good. Yeah, and he, he's um, a valuable guy to, to just chuck in there. Yeah, if Boston doesn't find a way to throw to slow Tampa down through the neutral zone, this series is going to end rather quickly. I mean, Tampa was coming in waves yesterday. I mean, and look, you see how good Kucherov is. You see how good Point is. You see how good Hedman is. We, you know, we talked about Boston having enviable depth, especially, you know, their second line with Krejci. But we keep forgetting how much depth Tampa has. And Mike talked about a lot, right? That third line with, with Barkley Goodrow, with Yanni Gord, and with Blake yeah, Coleman. Gord was great. One heck of a third line. And that's the quote unquote their checking line, let alone the offense in their top two lines, right? So Hedman being healthy is a game changer. And don't forget, McDonough's still not a hundred percent and they're they're making do Sergachev wasn't great in the loss, but played a lot better yesterday. I mean, mm-hmm. if they if they're able to to go through the neutral zone with impunity and not get stopped by Boston or even slowed, Tampa's gonna have a Boston's gonna have a hard time staying in this series. And, and Joe, let me, let me ask you this guy, number 24 Bogosian. I, I, I know I've seen him somewhere. Uh, you know, where, where, where it's, it's sort of popping in my head. Where, where is he from? Where does, where did he play? Oh, uh, well, you know, he was from Messina, New York. That's, you know, way upstate. And, uh, oh, right. He played for the Sabres for, for a few seasons. Right. right. Ended up getting, getting the, uh, the not so kind waiver treatment out of, out of town. <laughs> he looks completely rejuvenated, which, he looks better. I got. Personally, I'm really happy to see. I like Zach quite a bit, and I'm good guy. Yeah, see him driving this, but it's driving fans here absolutely. Oh my god! Oh, sure, he's allowed to play a role there. You know, that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. he is playing a role. He's it's, playing it's a, a very it's specific a, role, and that's that. His players are better when they're given specific roles. It's a question of what's driving a fan base more nuts: Bogosian <laughs> playing the way he is in Tampa, uh, in Tampa, or the way Nazem Kadri is playing in Colorado. Yeah, let's talk I, about that series. Yeah, because okay, oh, yeah, another thing here, real quick. I just got a text that 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 that, that there is talk of moving today's games. Um, I know, obviously, we talked about that before. Yeah, but it would be it would be they would move them all to tomorrow, and and then what would happen is uh. It could be a re, could be a reshuffling of like maybe the Flyers are at seven at night, the Bruins are three in the afternoon. I heard depending on how they're doing it because they want to put the Flyers and the Islanders, they don't want to put them in another afternoon game for you know the, all that kind of thing, you know whatever. The Flyers and Islanders are noon on Saturday, I think it is. Right. Um, so this would make this would make the Flyers have back to and Islanders have back to back games for games four and five as opposed to games three and four. Basically, is the difference. So that does. But I, I will say this, Eck. Yeah. If the games get moved, 
make Zoom calls available for guys that want to talk about this yeah. so we can and, write about this. Yeah, no, that absolutely and, – and so that, you know – so that so that they can that they can make a statement. That's not just Correct. this would be the time now that you could do it because it's not a game day. I would have like the you know Dumba and 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 those guys. I would uh, their organization there. You know, Sim Wayne. Uh, basically, if I were league PR, yeah. I would let anybody who wants to do it, and I would schedule them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we might have a we might have a ton of games tomorrow. Essentially, is what yeah. Doing. And just just la- last note on that game. Uh, if the Bruins, no matter how good their penalty killing is, if they give up six power plays and take stupid penalties <laughs> like like Nick Ritchie did in the first period, even though Tampa, I think, was like 0 for 16 on the power play before they scored three goals, you are going to lose. You cannot right. do that. You have to show some more discipline, and they were completely without discipline yesterday. Agreed. Well, let's step on to the main event, which was a hell of a main event, by the yes. way. If you're, right. if you're able to stay up late oh, yeah. and, and falling asleep. Um, I kept waking up. I friggin' fell asleep when it was four three, four three Dallas. Dallas. And so you're, up, so you're up, responsible then. Woke up a couple seconds later and it's five four Colorado. I'm like, holy cow, what the hell? So yeah, what a game though. I mean, what a series this is. Just Dallas, what a fun team to watch right now. Well, Joe, Joe, let me let me say this. Let me ahead. ask you this because I looked at I, I watched that game, um, compared to Philly and the Islanders, and even compared to Boston and Tampa. Those two games were in first gear, and Dallas, Colorado was in like fourth or fifth. They are flying all over the place. Like they, they have so much size in their lineup. Dallas, they have uh, Colorado has so much speed. They're slamming each other all over the place. It's that's unbelievable hockey. Yeah, Dallas has reminded me a little bit of uh, LA in 2012. Yes, uh, with yeah. how they're playing. It's it, it's not quite the same with goaltending, although no one's done well. Um, but the way that they're able to just score is, is – I don't think anybody expected to see that. Even with Sagan and Ben and those guys in the lineup, I don't think anybody thought that this team was going to be able to pile up goals like that. Right. It helps that Colorado's without their starting goalie, I understand, but they were doing it in the, the round before this too. Right. I, it, yeah. It's really impressive to see them keep up with Colorado's speed, though. That, to me, is the more impressive thing. I thought Colorado was going to be a huge favorite in every series because they got the speed to burn, but – Dallas is hanging right there with them. They're, they're even accelerating past them in a lot of cases. Really and the fact are. that McKinnon's able to just go bananas anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're still able to win games is is pretty amazing. But that's that was a hell of an effort by Colorado oh, yeah. last night oh, to yeah. take all those punches and still keep fighting yeah. back. That's that's Heck, a really I, impressive effort. Heck, I do want to mention, I was on the Dallas call two days ago with Bonus, and he finally was getting asked um, point blank about Bishop because he actually – I want to say probably let it slip that Bishop was skating. And the minute he said Bishop was skating, then of course the media intuitively wanted to know, well, is he fit to play? Like, is he, and and they didn't use that terminology because we all hate that. But at the end of the day, he basically just quickly said he's skating, but he's unfit to play. And that's all I'm going to say. And he said it that way before. And it makes me believe that right now he doesn't want to make a change. Even if Bishop is healthy, I believe that now if Kudobin has a couple bad games, you might hear a little bit more on Ben Bishop's injury or whatever it is. But the idea is he doesn't want to make a change. And you could tell, and you could tell that the team is sort of trying to hide it best they can. 
Yeah, as Jan, as good as as good as Kadobin was in Game Two, I thought I, I thought he was not good in Game Three. Now, you know, Colorado is an extremely talented team, but I thought some of the goals uh, were fair, were pretty weak. The one who was Atlantiscog, the one that went between the legs. I mean, that was you know, I, I thought that was a winnable game, especially when Dallas came back uh, to, to to take the lead four three with about ten minutes left to go. I didn't think that that Colorado was going to collapse, but. They needed a save from Kadoman at that point, and they didn't get it. I mean, this, this game had more plot twists than than, uh, than a Hitchcockian movie. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I mean, you know, Dallas goes up one nothing. Colorado comes back. They take a really stupid penalty to end the second period. They take a stupid penalty early in the third period. Shortly thereafter, Dallas scores, and then the floodgates open. It's four three, and that probably fell asleep thinking, "Well, Colorado's just basically blown their shot, and they're toast yeah. to the playoffs." Because if they lose last night. Three nothing. They're they're look. We know the odds are unlikely that they're coming back, and then all of a sudden, switch flipped, and it's five four, and they get the game winner. And first of all, these are two teams that really have built up a healthy dislike for one yeah. another. Washington. I mean, there's when we talk about cheap shots in the Boston in the Boston series, there's a lot more in this series, which is surprising based upon. These two teams. I mean, there, there's a lot of anger and ire between these two teams for well, sure. Well, gee, gee, there's the likable Corey Perry on one side and Kadri on the other, so yep. they they just instill that kind of good feeling amongst their amongst their teammates and amongst the other team. Yep. Um, and Colorado is doing it without Calvert, without Eric Johnson, without Grubauer. Yeah, and without Johnson, huge. It really those is. Are, those are and Johnson is a absolutely huge loss. But but Cal McCarr made a couple of world class plays last night. Yeah. McKinnon was brilliant. I mean, Connaughton put up an assist. Game. I guess I can't complain about him anymore. And, well, and, and Ratnan also was very good last night. So, I mean, look, it's 2-1. They're back in this series. Do I have more confidence that they're going to win? I don't know if I'd say that because Dallas, is, as Joe said, is scoring at a rate that we didn't expect them, though. If you take a look at their last five games, all of a sudden their offense is, is kicked into high gear. Well, Joe, I mean, the one thing that happened last night that sort of under the radar was Nikita Zadorov got hurt in the second period. He didn't. He was on the bench and didn't play a shift in the third. If he's out, and that was the same thing that happened with Johnson in game one. He came back to the bench, but he didn't play. If he's out, now you're talking about uh, you know another another minutes eating defenseman and probably having to insert either Connor Timmins or Bowen Byram into the lineup. Yeah, and that's I mean that's that's asking a lot of a couple of younger players to, to do that. Yeah. Zdorov is such a physical element uh, back in that that blue line. He's I mean, he's part of one of he's one of those irritants that I'm sure Dallas would be happy to have him <laughs> not be in the lineup uh, because having him just you know hounding you in the corners and and you know running you into the boards all game long is just not enjoyable. But in Colorado's case, when you're already down a guy like Johnson, if you lose Zdorov as well. Well, you're asking a lot of some young guys to really step up and, and have the shoulder that way, especially you know a guy like Byram or even Timmons. I mean, these are guys that don't have a lot of NHL experience, um, and throwing them right into the right into that kind of fire, the way Dallas is playing, is asking a lot. Yeah, but you know, what? Uh, a lot a lot of of time, uh, real quick, sorry to interrupt, but um, it's being said in the chat room, and I'm getting texts too, and like I said before, and Rich Elliot uh, uh, Freeman now and Pierre LeBron are saying all signs point to postponement for tonight's games. Um, so that looks like that does look like we're ahead. I, I was just going to say, I look, Byram is, is the better offensive player, but Timmons actually has a little size to him and, and a little bit of toughness. You know, and he did play 40 games in the A. I really wouldn't hesitate putting him in, but I just, I honestly, I hate Joe when coaches just go, well, we've got this veteran guy here, and I know he doesn't play much, but I just feel safer with him in there. I, I don't like that. And especially when you're playing from behind, it worked yeah. out yesterday. But at some point, I would not mind seeing Timmons in there at all. 
Gee, let's see. Are we going to put in Rasmus Sandin in a game of five elimination? Or are we going to play Martin Marinson? Mm. Right. I know. But coaches – but you know coaches almost every time will yeah. put in that other guy. So it's like one less thing they feel like they have to worry about. Yeah, the other guy has experience. He has experience at sucking. That's the problem. <laughs> He's got a real winning winning back pedigree there. Now, we, 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 have, to, we have to touch on this, act because it, the news came out like real late in the show yesterday, and we only touched yeah. on it. The – the ruling by the NHL regarding the Arizona Coyotes, Joe, yeah. I found it very conspicuous that, okay, it was draft picks. There was no monetary suspension. This is Bettman basically saying, okay, the new ownership is not responsible. We're not going to penalize the new ownership with potentially $5 million in fines because it was apparently 20 or more than 20 instances where they uh, were getting uh, in information outside of the combine or outside of the normal testing situation. But the penalty, the penalties of a second round pick this up, um, upcoming draft and then a 2021 first, I don't care what they said about Chica quitting this is this is this is tied to Chaika, and this is you know the penalty was because because of Chaika. Well, I, I I look at this. It's I, and I don't know if you're saying that this is not a stiff penalty or if it is. Oh, it's a stiff penalty. No, it's, it's a stiff penalty. penalty. Right. Um, a lot because I mean, given the picks they get, they you know they they traded away for for Taylor Hall and whatnot. I mean, yeah. Look at them not having what top top sixty picks the next two seasons. Right. Like, that's, yeah, it's rough. That's a. I mean, let's face it. Arizona is a team that has to build through through drafting well and having those prospects. That that's a kick right in the teeth. Yeah, um, that hurts them badly. That I mean, that, yeah. You, I think you want to see a financial penalty, but um, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I made a wise crack that this is the kind of punishment that you get if you sign Ilya Kovalchuk illegally twice over. <laughs> um, but I mean, this yeah. is but this is the kind of thing where yeah, Chike is gone, so we'll spare you the financial penalty, but. You guys screwed with the draft. You screwed with the scouting. You screwed with the stuff that, that is very explicitly off limits to do. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna hit you where it counts the most, and it's those areas. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, unless that. unless all the scouts are fired with Cheka, that you know, I assume the scouts had had to take part in that too. There's gonna be some more. That. There's gonna be some more movement now. But um, the interesting thing is, like I had been saying for months, that obviously other scouts of other teams were really mad about this, and they really wanted the NHL to do something. And I think the NHL really responded. Here's a June 8th tweet from Ken Campbell. Arizona Coyotes owner Alex Manulo said he doesn't expect the sanctions against his team for the alleged recruiting violations will be substantial. He would not elaborate. There was speculation the Coyotes would be fined in the millions of dollars and lose draft picks. Well, yeah. Alex, you found out it was pretty substantial. So it just shows you that the league, at the end of the day, did the right thing here. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Those yeah. picks will hurt. But also, yeah. don't, don't tell Gary Bettman what he's not going to do either. Like right. That's, that's right. the other part of it. Don't say, yeah, Gary's not going to hit us that hard. We'll yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, and the funny thing is, this, this upcoming draft, their first pick is in the fourth round. In 2021, yeah. if they re-sign Taylor Hall – their, their first pick is in the fourth round. So you're talking the first three rounds of their draft right. two years in a row. That's like 100 players that they're not going to get to pick. Yeah, if I'm Steve Sullivan, I'm trading somebody and getting a better draft pick in this really good draft. If, I, if I'm Steve Sullivan, I take an assi- assistant GM's job in another organization. <laughs> All right, so I want to talk about one more thing here, um, and that is this. This goal um, and and what I why I believe this is a problem. Okay, so this is Bo Horvath's goal. Um, from the other night, it's the last okay. 
game. All right, and I'm going to play it now. Here Are we, we going to have a better view, not the blimp view? Yes, 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 yes. yes okay. Yes, 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 yes. I, I know because sometimes in the game they give us the blimp view and it's awful. Okay, so here's the uh, here's the this is the goal. Now remember this goal. This was like, you know, yeah, this, this is obviously you know huge issues here with the defensive coverage, um, with no nobody in front at all, all four players. But yeah. what I'm going to look at here, and it's hard to see because it's a little bit, is is the reaction of Robin Leonard after this goal, and that. My friends, is what oh, I. Would you come on with your so, Leonard hate? I'm not hating on Leonard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think he's allowed sure. to be frustrated when two guys are parked right in front of him and everybody else is standing around. So all you guys say I love Thomas Grace, and I don't love Thomas Grace, but, but that, 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 goes back, that goes back to when Grace and Leonard were goalies there, and I said that I thought that Grace deserved a little bit more. If Leonard were 15 and one, you would find problems with him. I don't have I don't like Grice over Barlamov, so that's like ridiculous. Okay. Um, okay. Well at least you see that. Obviously. This the, the the Grace love comes from the Leonard issue. And the Leonard and I'm not I'm not completely anti Robin Leonard either. I'm just saying that in that game, if I'm Vegas, I, I take some you have to look at Leonard's reactions. Having watched Leonard for years in different situations, when he reacts like when he starts yelling at his teammates around him and stuff like that after goals is when Robin Leonard starts to lose it. Okay. Now I'm not saying he's lost it yet, but Joe, you're you're shaking your head a little bit with me. Do you get this? Joe, no, yeah. Very no I, I, yeah, I, I completely get where you're coming from here. And my yeah. reaction when I saw that goal was like, well, I bet he hasn't seen something like that since he was in Buffalo. And that's yeah, <laughs> right. Probably the case. That's and, fair. Um, right. You right. know, it, I've seen enough of that reaction out of him before. You know, it happened yeah. in Ottawa. It happened when he played for Sweden. It happened. You know, it happened yeah, everywhere yeah. along the road. Um, yeah. But you're right. Like the mental game for him, and you know, this I'm not getting into his personal stuff, but of like course. focus on the ice. Yeah, when he's when he's shaking, and if he doesn't trust the guys in front of him, boy, oh boy, it's gonna get hard. And I think that's it's up to those defensemen to, to kind of earn back his trust in the next game to take care of the net around him, clear some of these guys out. I mean, yeah, Robin wants to see the shots, but he doesn't want a two on zero in front of him from five feet out. Right, and of course, any goalie would be frustrated, but every goalie wouldn't react the way he does, and every goalie wouldn't also have. That reaction matter in the future, which is what Robin Leonard tends to do. Um, he's a streaky goalie, and when he's when he's on, he's on. Um, and so you're right now, he's going to lose next game. My feeling is you have to be very. Cl- I, I I would go with Flurry next game. That's my opinion. No, no, but if, but if Leonard's in next game because it's not going to be Flurry, you're saying Leonard's going to lose next game. I'm saying you got to keep. I'm not saying he's going to lose. I'm just, what I'm saying is you have to sit back and you have to say to yourself, you have to keep an eye on this kind of stuff. Like this kind of stuff, you have to keep an eye on. If you want to, if you want to try to like be a Robin Leonard whisperer and see whether or not he is sliding, because you don't want to lose a game because you went to to flurry too late. Um, that's my opinion here. Now, you know where you can put him out, take him out for a game, and perhaps this whole like thing can be forgotten about, and perhaps he goes back to being a better player. I just think this is the perfect situation to play Mark Andre Fleury in the next game based on what I saw there. Yeah. Um, whether or not they do that, I don't. I don't believe they're going to do that though. That, and no, that, because I think that would be creating a controversy. Because then, if if you go to Flurry and Flurry, the controversy is already there, Mike. I mean, it's like <laughs> I think you're the, the, the swords out of the back already. Yeah. Oh my god, yes, yeah, beyond the sword thing. I mean, if you if you if you want to like just search Mark Andre Flurry on Twitter, you'll see the controversy is very much in reality. Like Vegas fans very much want him in goal, um, and and then ESPN today. There's an article that he's getting treated poorly. Have you, Joe? Have you ever seen an agent shoot his client in in the in the in the in the foot more and worse than Alan Walsh did with with Flurry? 
what I've learned about agents when they do brash things, it doesn't usually come out of the blue. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm positive Flurry's upset that he's not playing. Um, he's prideful, but he, he's not a guy that's going to stir it up himself. So that's the perfect yeah. having Alan Walsh as your agent in that case makes him the perfect guy because he will rattle the cages. He, I mean, he helped he helped do it with Patcheretti, helped get Patcheretti out of Montreal. So I mean, yeah. if you need a guy that's going to that's going to to get it stirred up for you, man, it's the best guy to do it. And yeah, I don't know if you, if you want to get out of a team, yeah. you hire Alan Walsh. There's no so, question. So you know, better question. Does Robin Leonard start changing his mind about wanting to re-sign with Las Vegas if he's going to have to put up with this? No. Um, we'll I don't think he's decided he wants to re-sign with Vegas yet, honestly. Flurry's only getting older. At this point, I don't know. Well, you know, we always goalie, you know, Flurry may be frustrated that he's not playing, but he's not being a jerk to Leonard as a result. No, goalies don't do that to each other. Well, some do, but Flurry doesn't. I mean, not none, none of them really do rest, but Flurry is particularly a good teammate. Like he is, yeah. he is, you know, he's he's above and beyond any of that kind of crap. I don't think it, I don't think it would piss him off so much, you know, beyond which is why it was the wrong, you know. I mean, Walsh, remember, I mean, Walsh's history. As obviously is what it is, and then also, you know, what the contract Walsh signed with Flurry. I'll never forget this. Like the the Penguins when he first came to the Penguins, the contract that he had that had him he couldn't play a certain amount of games or this or whatever. It basically made it so the Penguins couldn't play him. It was like one of the most ridiculous things ever. Um, you know, it's just you know sometimes Walsh overthinks you know thinks himself into a corner. This this is a situation where he know that. I just think that I think that people are way too quickly to just hand. Robin Leonard, the entire team here. I think that you think that this is still, you know, the they asked the coach, the coaches, we still, the coach is saying nothing, of course. Um, you know, uh, DeBoer is saying we have a plan. Both goalies are going to play in the playoffs, which makes me think that, you know, maybe when they have their back-to-back games, you know, we're going to see Flurry. Um, and those back-to-back well, games, I though, could change. You'll see them in a back-to-back, but I, I don't think DeBoer wants Flurry in there. I just don't. So officially, their back-to-back games aren't until, um, geez, like the games five and six or six and but seven. That's when you probably see Flurry. Yeah, Ooh. but now that could change. Though, of course, if they play, if their game tonight gets moved to tomorrow, right? Um, then they're back. Then they have a back-to-back. It could unless change face, unless they're facing elimination. Then you might not with a, with, yeah. an, with, an, with an additional day off. It could change all the schedules to eliminate a lot of those back-to-backs. Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll, it'll add a back-to-back for. Um, for them, unfortunately, like right. you know, back to back. So basically, because they have played Friday and Saturday. Um, uh, before, before we finish the show, I just want to get Joe's uh, input on the uh, the big trade of the week, the Kapanen deal to uh, to Pittsburgh. It seems to be widely being panned on the part of Pittsburgh giving up a first round pick and a pretty decent prospect in Hallander for Kapanen, who we we both know, Joe. He's a really talented guy, but hasn't put it all together and he is 23 going on 24 years old. So it's a a little bit of a question mark. What did you, what did you think of this deal? Yeah, I know Kapanen's advanced numbers don't really, don't really sparkle uh, very much, but I mean, he's, he's a raw talent sort of guy where, you know, the speed's great. We know he can score. He can create some, he can create some goals too. Um, But if you're putting him on a line with, with Crosby or Malkin, you don't need him to do a lot of that. You just need him to just be fast uh, to help open up some of that space for those guys and, and to allow them to be creative uh, with him. Now, if he if he ends up not making it on one of those two lines and he, he ends up further down the lineup, the Penguins are going to have some other problems. But uh, I think in the, in generally speaking, I mean, this is Jim Rutherford going and get going and reacquiring a guy that he likes uh, yeah. to make it happen and giving up a first round pick. I mean, she's, I mean, Pittsburgh's that's, that's his MO. He just, he just hands out these picks like crazy. 
uh, to get the guys that, that he feels he needs. I, I mean, the, the comparison always is, are you going to get a guy as good as, as Kasperi Kapanen with the 15th pick if you right. keep it? And in this draft, probably. Yeah. I, I think you're probably getting a guy that could be a yeah. wait for him. And Pittsburgh's not in a wait mode. Right, but it's two or three years down the line. And, and uh, Evan Rodriguez goes to the Leafs, and I know that we both heard rumors of Toronto. At least I, I heard rumors of Toronto being interested in Rodriguez when he was having his problems with Kruger mm-hmm. or Buffalo. The question is, though, um, they may not qualify him with a $2 million. I think the cap it would be 2.2 for a qualifying offer. Yes. They're not, they're not going to offer him that if he no. – agrees to sign a lower deal then he probably resigns with Toronto, but if not, he's going to be a free agent. Yeah. I mean, that would be a, that would be a, a Homer sort of deal for him. I mean, he's from, uh, he's from the Toronto area. So um, it's really up to him if he, if he wants to come in at a, at a lower cost. But um, I think certainly the opportunity to be there in Toronto because Toronto's going to have to make some more moves aside from, aside from trading Kapanen. Uh, But the question is if somebody else is going to, is going to want to add him, uh, somewhere else, if you know, if he's not qualified, I, I presume Rodriguez is going to have a lot of interest around because he's an affordable guy to add, and he works hard. I mean, the big, the big comparison a lot of people made with the fancy stats was that Rodriguez and Kapanen's were pretty similar. Uh, granted, you know, Rodriguez did it out of the spotlight of Toronto and in, in Buffalo, where let's face it, you, you're just not going to do that. But if there's if there's a thing to knock on evidence that the goals don't come very often. No, and but but he's a hard worker. He does does all the nitty gritty sort of things that you want out of a guy lower in the lineup. But uh, but he has some of that offensive touch that if if it can be tapped, uh, makes him a really savvy addition to a team. There you go. Okay. Well, thank you, Joe. Um, that's all the time we have, guys. I'm sure we'll be hearing shortly. Um, it sounds very much like the games won't be happening tonight. Um, so that means that we'll have you know. I think it's the right decision to make. Like I said, I hope they just say we were wrong. We should have done it last night and just, just move on. Um, and like you said, Russ, give people a chance to actually talk, use the time. Yeah. Use the time. Well, I mean, I mean, the players obviously don't want to spend another day in the bubble. So this, the players are making right. a sacrifice here by digging by, by this tonight and they need to get, they need to use their time. You know what I mean? They need to make that known. Um, so we'll be back again tomorrow though. And it looks like, cause it looks like tomorrow we might have like as many as four games, which is always fun because, you know, I kind of miss the four game days. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that then when it happens. Remember folks. With- Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.